Hey cold there. Open, I thought I was doing the cold open. What are you doing? No, I'm just saying go. <laughs> Welcome to the Arker Brothers Talk About Movies. I'm Tony. <laughs> this is Matthew over here. We're talking about Dead Ringers today on the show, directed by David Cronenberg, starring Jeremy Irons. Got anything to say about that? No, it was great. You're Let's fantastic. Roll tape. Talking about cocktails that are stylish, movies great or phony, and how Tony should win and Matthew, and Matthew should win and Tony. But in the meantime, talking about film in the meantime, the Arkin brothers talk about movies. I need some toilet paper. I ran out. <laughs> we're we're still going with that one, huh? <laughs> okay. Every time it makes me happy. <laughs> oh, I didn't have boy. anything to do with it. But. Yeah, and that thumbnail. That thumbnail of the two of us uh, in the surgical outfits. Or, yeah, it's terrifying. It's or Pope weird. costumes. <laughs> it's a surgical outfit. It's the it's terrifying. a cardinal's uh, robe, whatever. That's terrifying. terrifying. Yeah. Um, so, Maybe that's why I didn't sleep last night because I saw that and I had nightmares. Uh, so yeah, we're um we're coming at you not live this time, right? So there's there's no there's no uh, talk backing, there's no smack talk, there's no way you can reach us. We're no. doing this in a vacuum. Maybe and, uh, we're already getting some some smart Alec remarks from our producers. Let's see. Said, amazing said, start. An amazing start. Best cold open. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Best cold something. Yeah. Um, how you doing? I'm I'm fine. How are you? We're we're pre-recording because you had some bujo difficulty, I gather. Well, not just just uh, well, a little bit. It's kind of a bujo problem. Uh I find that with the bujo journaling, which you got me involved in, um, bless your heart. <laughs> uh, which is for the most part been a, a positive experience. It has a couple of drawbacks in, if you don't have a perfect approach. And uh, you really do have to put a couple of months ahead of design and putting it in there. Otherwise, you kind of are stuck at the end of a month going, I guess there's nothing happens. It's like the end of the world drops off because you have to <laughs> yeah. actually build the month. And I hadn't done that. And I hadn't put together that Thursday, our show was the fourth, which was is Amelia's birthday. And I realized very late that those two things coincided. And right. if I had used a Google calendar, never would have happened. And as I said, you know, you you don't have your priorities straight. Uh, you decided that celebrating your wife's birthday was more important than recording the show on Thursday night. And that that point of view on my part may explain why I'm single. Your current state yeah. of relationship <laughs> affairs, yeah, maybe, maybe <laughs> that, does. Not it's not. A, it this right isn't there. scientific, but it it could be. It could contribute. We should also explain to people when we say bujo, uh, because there may be people who don't know. Bujo is short for bullet journal, which is a, a technique that both Anthony and I use from a wonderful book by Ryder Carroll called uh, the Bullet Journal Method, which is a way of getting your life in order. Um, um, this was not a really great pitch for the Bujo Journal because I screwed up and blamed it. But really, I'm blaming you because you you told me about the Bujo Journal. Well, I I I my bullet journal method. I I actually have put the whole year in at the beginning and have it uh, all my weeks planned out, 
uh, at the beginning of the year, and I do throughout the year exactly what I intended to do on January 1st. Nothing, nothing new, nothing changes. January 1st, if it wasn't planned for May 11th, it's not happening. Okay. I gotcha. I I think that part of what I like about the Bujo Journal, though, is the flexibility you have with the structure, which you do not have if you just blast through and make the whole thing a calendar that you really could have bought at a store. You know that I'm. (laughs) No, I don't. But the the second half of the Bujo Journal is where I get I get flexible. But I I too often have something come up today that I know. Oh, I need to put that in the calendar for three weeks from now, six weeks from now. Let's face it. The only thing that I really have to remember is Amelia's birthday. And (laughs) I don't really have anything else going on. So. Oh my God. I feel like I need to shift my, 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 um, Oh no, I can't do that. It's a green screen. So it doesn't move around when I move. Shift your what? Please be specific. The green green screen. I wanted to show the whole, right now, the only twins. Oh, let's go wide. All Let's the twins. Away. I've got all my twins there. I've got the the uh, the Olsen twins. Are those the Olsen twins twice? I think so. The Olsen twins twice. I've got uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. I've got um, who is that on the the lower right there? Looks um, like Tom Hardy and Tom Hardy. Yeah, uh, and uh, and then I think the yeah, and the other one is who is it in Mean Girls? Not Mean Girls. Are you asking me about your own art project right now? <laughs> yeah, I just got twins. I don't twins. know your motivations or what. <laughs> you tell me. What are you? What? What are you just working with? What twins? I, I I surrounded myself with twins to help myself talk about. I this put movie, something but... on a wall to for the show. I don't know who is that. Somebody tell me what I did. <laughs> Who's that back oh, there? I don't know. Some they look the same. What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> so uh there's my imitation we here. were asked early to do an imitation of Imita- each other was that your imitation and i think that i i think that qualifies does it not Did, oh we have to get a rule i'm asking our judges. producers did that qualify as the only impersonation i ever did was my brother okay still it's, we're still in the ballpark that was a that was a that might be the only impersonation yeah. we're gonna get for you today yeah, i'll do my my impersonation of you wendy's wendy's there, so there we go. Uh, okay, <laughs> not very flattering. Actually, that is pretty flattering. Wendy's. That brings me back to good times. Good times when you were the. Hi, Anthony Arkin, voice of Wendy's. <laughs> I have to okay. give it a little gravelly thing when I'm doing you. I have to get a little, you know, little yeah. down there. Okay. Yeah. Which, uh, you know. Oh, Sophia says very well done. Very well done. Well, give me a line from a Wendy's commercial. What was the tagline that you have to say? Because I know my my friend Blair Bess was Carl's Jr. If it doesn't get all over the place, it doesn't belong in your face, was the Carl's Jr. tagline. Didn't have a funny tag when I was doing Wendy's. It was really. I want some ice cream. (laughs) That was my tag. (laughs) Crying, I want that. I wanted cream. ice cream. That, yeah. was a, that was a good tag. They liked it. it lasted yeah. two years. They must have liked it somehow. But before we get to the movie, what was your week like? Any any excitement? My week was yet more recovering from this da- dang blasted cold, which is mostly over, but just hanging on in my sinuses. So great. I sound great. Thank you. You do. Um, and uh, you know, uh, teaching our class and, and uh, 
writing, uh, working on this screenplay, writing a new script. That's uh, that's pretty much what I've been doing. Mm-hmm. Saw a couple of things. Would you saw see some movies? Saw um, <clears throat> well, only one new one really, but we saw everything, uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. Finally, I was very late to the game on that. Um, and uh, saw the incredible melting man the incredible melting which man. i can recommend and also um the boogans the the boogans or the boogans i don't know it, it, it there's some question of how it's pronounced okay hmm. all recommend all, <clears throat> all these three are recommended i watched the most phenomenal show this week uh McHenry's Detective Squad. No, I watched the entire drop of Paper Girls. Well, I was going to get to that with you, you know, before, you know, because I'm jealous. You've seen the whole thing. I started. What's your assessment? I mean, I can't wait to see the rest of it. It's it's a it completely grabs you. Well, I can't wait to see season two. Now there has to be a season two because season one spoiler alert ends with a cliffhanger not everything is resolved some mm-hmm. stuff is resolved other doors are open what's going to so, happen just so everybody knows uh you know our producers had nothing to do with what matthew just said nothing they he's rogue he's on his own is. he's a he's a fan of the show he saw it and now he's just talking so fight you or something well there I she don't is know. one of our you've one signed of our contracts producers. so you could yeah. bite us one of our producers spectacular in the show. she's an actress but she's a flake yeah, well let's leave I'm, personalities out of this yeah, she's wonderful on the don't show be mean to your friend elia um that's wonderful that's i mean I'm, it's really wonderful yeah it's uh it is terrific i i the, the, it's like an incredibly dynamic group of of actors on it these the, this group of um of young women are, are just you know each each one is so well defined um it's good writing it's it's a you know it's totally up my alley as far as the kind of sci-fi elements that are in it i don't really know what's happening yet except that something something crazy and paranormal is happening and i can't wait to figure it out and uh and i'm i i feel ashamed of myself because uh i can't i don't know how to act sophia knows how to act i don't know anything apparently you're muted. That that's something I know. She's a showbiz lady. What can you expect? Um, you are muted, sir. Something is wrong with your audio. What I don't think is I'd it able... with you, Chun? I muted myself because I had to cough, and, and you and didn't I turn it back on. No, which means you I'm quit the cough. show. <laughs> yes. I left. All right, Matthew is uh, now I'm is, back. I'm is, back. Are you conscious? I okay, I you, you need some, me to. I have a little something somebody? in my throat, so I had. Should to I call nine eleven? Should I do something? <laughs> um, I had a little bit of news this week. What's up? Uh, Batch twenty two won specialty spirit of the year at the New Orleans Spirits Competition. Amazing. Yeah. What? How many awards is this now? That's two competitions, two top top awards. All right. We got best 
Aquavit at the LA Spirits Awards, and we won Best Specialty Spirit of the Year at the New Orleans Spirits Competition. Well, congratulations. It's delicious. I'm not surprised that it is winning awards. We're pretty excited. Um, Um, And uh, and I'm going to be on TV tomorrow morning. Going to be with one of my partners making a cocktail on the morning show for the local CBS affiliate in San Diego. What are you going to get up at, like, 4.30 for that? Uh, no, we have to be there, I think, at we have to be at the studio at 8, so it won't be that bad. Okay. <clears throat> All right. It shouldn't uh, be that bad. But I would definitely get some sleep, and I would wake up earlier than you need to. Don't get up at 7.30. I wouldn't. See, you're the kind of guy that's like, what do I, I need 10 <laughs> minutes to get ready and go for things. That's generally how you are. I know. Yeah. This give yourself 40 minutes of t- extra pad of time to, to get ready to do my hair warmed up, to get your voice warmed up, to make your face not puffy, put some ice on there. No, <laughs> like, you, you know, know, in you the know morning, how make, you know how I could make my face not puffy by going on a macrobiotic diet for three years. That would make my face not puffy. My I'm face talking about puffy. morning puffiness. I'm not <laughs> oh, talking about puff. I'm talking about post batch 22 sales pitch conference at the bar. Oh, okay. Um, morning puffiness. You yeah. you just need some extra time to for for to be camera ready to yeah. be ready well, for. As Sophia know. and Alexis would say, I need some time in the glam suite. <clears throat> hey, I don't know. I don't know if they offer that for see for the morning show in San no, Diego. But I don't um, think there's no glam suite. Coming are you? Why are you crying? <laughs> An incredible thing about this movie is. How they managed to make Jeremy Irons look that unattractive by the end of it. The same guy looks like same that. Guy. Yeah. Uh, he's that sort looks of the like classiest that. guy there is. You, I mean, for a guy that I, th- I feel looks as unhealthy as a human being can look in a way. <laughs> he's Jeremy incredibly Irons? sexy. Yeah, like he's the sexiest unhealthy guy you've ever Very seen sexy yeah but he seems like he lives on a diet of coffee and cigarettes and all then, the day long and, and then, yeah and then scotch starting at 4 30 and it's like the perfect casting would be a character taking a rest cure somewhere in the mountains like he just <laughs> looks like that he would have been a, a great doc holiday definitely yeah yes let's do it now he'd still be able to do it yeah um do you want to start talking about this movie all right, Dead Ringers, 1988, David Cronenberg, who's uh, directed many, many films, two of which, uh, well, I know there, there are films of his that you adore, Tony, that have had a big impact on you. I'm a, I'm a giant Cronenberg nut. I love Cronenberg. <laughs> um, but uh, History of Violence is one that I just adore. Um, love that movie. Um but there's Scanners, there's Eastern Promises, which has some great stuff in it, including one of the better fight scenes I've seen in a long time. Um, and uh, so Dead Ringers involves uh, Jeremy Irons and Jeremy Irons as Elliot and Beverly, the uh, El- Elliot and Beverly doctors. He's Beverly and I'm Elliot. There you go. Twin, the Mantle twin, Brothers. The Mantle Brothers. I couldn't remember their last name. 
How, how could that happen? Uh, they are twin gynecologists who um, one of them is shy and introverted and does all the research. And the other one does uh, more of the public face of their partnership. They live together and they they trade off women because the, the shy one would, according to the the more extroverted one, he'd never get laid if it wasn't for him. So, uh, and then they meet this wonderful uh, actor played by Jean-Pierre Bougeot, who comes to them as a patient. And uh, the shy introverted one starts to develop feelings for her and uh, it, it comes between them and then turns into an odd triangle leading to drug use and ultimately some pretty sad stuff. The beauty of our business is you don't have to get out to meet beautiful women. No, I can't do that. It's not ethical. No. It's not safe. Hmm. Hmm. Do you have anything to add to my recap? Uh, no, no, not really. That's a pre- that's a pretty good assessment of the narrative of the narrative the narrative the plot. I mean, I think that's not really what the movie's about, but it's but no. It's but good, I wanted to give people yeah. so as we get into that, so they have something I uh, idea of what they're. Yeah, uh, I know. I mean, this is line. this, and it's Cronenberg, so <clears throat> it, you know it plays a little bit like a thriller or like a psychological thriller, but there's not really a thriller plot line so much as more a psychological deterioration or a psychological, you know, kind of frightening psychological states that people are coming in and out of in the movie, which give it kind of a horror movie vibe. Um, even though it's not technically a horror movie, it feels like one. Um, it, 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 he was doing. And a lot of horror yeah. movies. It feels like it. And it doesn't, it, it's very clinical and it's like watching, it's like watching a slow motion horror movie. Like there's no scares in it. There's no moments that that are like ah. No, not it's not really. It's it's disturbing. It's a disturbing portrait of of mm-hmm. you know um, some extreme uh, states of mind. You know, um. So yeah, I mean, uh, and, and, so question. So had you seen it before, or was this the first time you? I had se- I had seen it before when it came out. When it came out, I saw Did it. You- did you already know about Cronenberg when you saw this or was this your introduction? It was my introduction to Cronenberg. And I remember. So you hadn't seen the fly. Did that come out before this? I think so. Um, I had seen the fly, but I was yeah, a lawyer. He made it, he I was made a this lawyer before. back then. I, didn't or know. After. I, I, I was a lawyer back then. I wasn't paying attention to who directed a movie. I was okay. I was, I was not. Uh, so, uh, but that doesn't but, matter. My, it's still, you'd seen, you had seen one, but you just I had, didn't realize I had it was the same one. person. I didn't realize it was the same person. But I do remember um, being when I saw it then, uh, somewhat disappointed because I thought I was going to see a, you know, a horror movie. Now coming to it, knowing what I was going to be a little bit more about what i was going to be experiencing i was not disappointed at all right well you've matured a little bit and you you a little a little bit yeah um abyssal so i mean i've already given away the fact that i'm i already you know stated i'm a cube of a cronenberg nut 
So it's probably pretty clear where I stand on this movie, being as it's one of the more celebrated Cronenberg movies. I'm going to guess that you like it. I, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like it. Sure. Great word. Descriptive word. That's an actable word. Liked it. I liked it. I, like I, it. I would wrestle somebody in broken glass for this movie. I would do a Eastern Promises uh, wrestling scene. Naked. As I would for most, a lot of Cronenberg movies and him in general. I, I think he's uh I think he's great. I think he's great. Um so I'm not gonna get upset that you didn't flip out, but I don't know if you did or not. Did you like it? Did you um did you like it uh a lot or mostly like the performance, which is a pretty big reason to like the movie? Um it, it's hard for me to describe my reaction in a way that I, I think that when I talk about it in the future, I will say that it's a great movie, but my, ex my experience of it was to just like, I I'm having a hard time stepping back from it and saying, Oh, that's a, what, what a great movie it was. I was, I just felt like I was in this incredibly disturbing experience the whole time which is which is why it's a great movie because that's what he wants you to be experiencing but it's not like i walked out going oh wow you know i mean i walk out of a movie like um like uh uh patriot games right and i go oh that was great i love that movie or you know whereas this i just felt like i was in the experience you're gonna make so much fun of me now, aren't you? No, I've already what done I'm, my impersonation. What, a, what I'm trying to do is praise the movie. I'm praising I understand. the movie, I understand. but it, it it it's a different level of like. It's not like to me. That's not like. Oh wow, an enjoyable experience watching this movie. Yeah, that's an interesting thing to parse. I mean, to talk about actually, because like you, you've actually, I think, I mean, that's to me, that's a very big issue about you know what kinds of things people want to um watch or or what they want to get out of a piece of art or an ex or experiencing a piece of art and how and how for for i i guess you you enjoy the escapism of uh, the form of of movies yeah and, i like and, to and, eat popcorn and eat whoppers and watch you know Oh God, that's so disturbing. And you, you, you have, you don't, you have, you get pleasure out of that experience in a way that I get. I think I get pleasure out of being, out of the rules getting broken and watching, watching somebody build something. Right. I don't get. I don't get as much pleasure out of the escapist. I mean, I don't know. Really, I think everybody has their version of it of escapist right. stuff, and I know I do. But I get. So I, I get like, I feel like Patriot Games coming out of this and Patriot right. Games gives me kind of a headache and I feel like I just want to take a nap. But this right. I walk out feeling like 
blown, just blown away by the by the kind of visionary things that I, I see in it. Um, and uh, so, I mean, that's, you know, I think that's one of the things that made us want to do this show together was how we have completely shared experience. We do the same stuff for a living and we come at this from two totally valid, but two totally very, you know, very different kind of uh, perspectives as, as far as what we find pleasurable or fun about this. It's so interesting. I, I'm just so happy that you said that they're both valid because of course they I, are. Well, yeah, I, they are, but I, I feel like you, I, I have great admiration for the, 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 the thrill you get at, at the art stuff to use a technical term. Um, <laughs> I think I follow. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas I feel like I, I see, I see some of that and, but, but it doesn't, um, it doesn't always knock my socks off because I just want, I'm, I'm more. And you just want to, you want to get into the air conditioning for a little while. <laughs> yeah. I want to get into the air conditioning. I want to be diverted. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm shallow. I'm shallow. Remember, I need the humiliation as well as the money. That's a, that's uh, a, an inappropriate choice of words. I mean, you could say that you have a bit of a, maybe, maybe you have a, a little populist, uh, appreciation for the art form. And I'm, I have my head up my ass, like completely. <laughs> we could say that, but I don't, know. I don't, I wouldn't put it that way okay um i would say that you're much more sophisticated in your taste than i am um and i'm more literal um what are um, they saying they're, they're, they're saying they're, things now they're, they're trying to get us to say intelligent things oh uh, they're trying to get us to talk about the movie okay oh, well instead yes. of ourselves yeah our favorite topic right <laughs> i keep forgetting it's just not interesting to other people um <laughs> The title uh, was changed from Twins to Dead Ringers after Ivan Reitman, who had produced two of David Cronenberg's early films, approached Cronenberg about purchasing the rights to use the title Twins. And apparently Cronenberg was like, hell yeah, give me the money. I don't care that my movie is going to sound like uh, like a haunted uh, Christmas caroling film about zombies yeah. who ring my doorbell. Right. No, I don't care because honestly, it's funny because the, the only maybe bad thing about this movie is the title. The title is so much more pedestrian than what the movie is. Yes. And, um, uh, you know. I also find it odd that De Niro turned down the role or the roles. Because he didn't uh, want. Didn't want to play a gynecologist. Uh, right. A homicidal mohawk wearing taxi driver yeah. in New York City. That's A that's mass murderer okay. is great. That's okay. But, uh, but Why uh, don't respect... you just go on with your very own life you know a a a a a respected member of the medical profession no that's that's embarrassing i don't want to be seen let me put it this way though after seeing what jeremy irons can do as a performer i just thank god that de niro didn't okay you want to talk about you want to have a throwdown I really do think this is one of the best screen performances I've ever seen. I literally, oh. I mean, without a doubt, as far as technique married to ease to, uh, to 
level of depth of understanding of psychology, I have never seen anybody do better than than Jeremy Irons in this movie. We are not a confusing element to the Mantle Brothers saga. Did you, you think I was going to argue with you on this? No, point? I didn't know. I didn't know if you'd. I thought you'd probably say I don't know. I thought you. I knew you'd like him. I didn't think that you'd necessarily feel as strong as I do about it. I, I, I thought just, it was is spectacular. I was in awe of of yeah. his the the creation of those two characters without it being ornamental or overblown right. or obvious. And there were times where I couldn't tell them apart, yeah. and yet the they were twins, dear. Identical twins. They're twins, dear. That's a great scene. Uh, You know, yeah, uh, it's truly remarkable. And you, I think you hit the nail on the head because it isn't about there's, um, and there's uh, producers are mentioning that William Hurt was Cronenberg's first choice for the twins. And I I can see that. And I could see William Hurt doing a great job, but I can't, I, I mean, I think that secretly, you'd have to know that you were not up for this unless you were trained the way that Jeremy Irons was trained. I mean, that's the the training required for that. This is one of those performances where people talk about, like most of the time people talk about acting as being brave, which I don't agree with, or they talk about it in terms of, you know, of like it's spontaneous and too much training gets in the way of, of that spontaneity. And here's to me, like, no, He's he he can do things that that ordinary actors just can't. For those women, it's like yeah. it, it's like the 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 hadron collider level science acting. I just don't I don't understand it. And what was interesting about it was in in looking at his performance and thinking about it, and then reading about his his process. Yeah. Um, that it, his process started out as one thing and it didn't work and it turned into something else. Yeah. And, and when, when he talks about um, what he was using the, um, the uh, energy points of um, uh, I'm trying to look, find in my notes, what he was the Alexander technique stuff, Alexander technique, using yeah. the points of energy of Alexander technique that was so effective in this that he started out with this sort of external thing of trying to have one of them back on their heels and one of them on the balls of his feet when he was playing one character or the other. And that ended up not working for him. And he shifted to the stuff that he learned in Alexander technique. Well, I, I think if you don't, if, if you forgive me, I think that was the switch. I think it went front to, that different physical physicality balls of feet i think that was the alexander technique that he ended up kind of incorporating and before that from what i had read he was trying things like two different dressing rooms with completely different decor inside that he would be in depending on who he was filming right and then he gave and that, that didn't work but right. then he went to this alexander thing and it was as simple as either being on the balls of my feet or being on my heels and that would be the difference i think and you're right but i won't forgive you that's fine as long as I'm right. <laughs> I I also, you know, you know, and then and then but then there's that magic quotient because it's it's also like the perfect performer for the material. There's this as technically good as it is, it's also very kind of effortless and jazzy looking and fun. You know, he's not 
he doesn't come off stilted at all because of this. It actually looks like he's, you know, spontaneous and, and riffing in, in ways that you don't even see people just in one performance doing that level of work. And yet he's doing it twice. I don't even know what to say. Which of these brothers would you most like to go on a double date with, though? What I, are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I can't date both of them. I'm confused. No, no, you're going to go on a double date, right? Mm -hmm. And and you you a double date. One of them is going to come along. With oh, a, I definitely with their any social any out in the world social interaction is going to be with Elliot. With for Elliot. sure, right? Yeah, I, I even if he's maybe a psychopath, I'd still <laughs> rather hang out, like go to lunch with him. Yeah. Bev is too much work. Beverly's the sweet one and you're the shit. Yeah, Beverly's a lot of work. Yeah. Socially, yeah. as a, on a date. I just you know. shits are always more fun to hang out with. Than for, nice for that people. hour. For an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Any longer, I'd say no, but yeah. Right. Hey. Come on. Not that bad. I wanna just note that I don't think Genevieve Bougeau gets enough love in general in the world just as just as a thing i think that she well we don't know about her private life maybe she gets tons of love why are you this yes and oh, oh you mean oh you just shoot it down you're just like nope oh you mean you mean as an actor yeah yes as an actor yes <laughs> i thought you were saying she doesn't get any love matthew you doesn't know. do the yes and he does the no no but, but. That's why I don't do improv. Um, no, but yeah. Uh, no, I don't think she gets enough uh, um, uh, appreciation for her work. I think she's, she's spectacular in this. She's really great. Just because it. some you dumb inspired? cop handcuffed us together doesn't mean I have to like you. Handcuffs? You don't get it, do you? Listen, honey mud, we're on the run. And until we find the computer release code to this thing, we're going to get to know each other real well. I suggest we learn to like what we see. Now, what's interesting is the last time we saw her on this show, she was in handcuffs. She was also reading lines with Charlton Heston. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I didn't think of you know, I have to say about Jeremy Irons in that scene, I think that is the best bad acting by a good ever. actor I've ever seen. Ever. It's so real. Yeah. It's so much what people who can't act yep. are usually when you have a really good actor and they're or or an actor playing a scene where they have to be bad acting, it's really bad acting. It's that was that's that was what I chose to do when I had my scene. Oh, I yeah? overdid it. But Jeremy Irons is exact that's so realistic. It's yeah. so good. It's really fabulous. Um, um and uh but the one criticism I will have of the movie, and I really only have one, is that I felt that the script in some of the scenes, the, the dialogue in some of the scenes that Jean-Vievre Bougeot had to deliver, just a couple of places, needed another pass. Tell me about my uterus. Love that mo that moment. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah. Maybe so. 
just so. and, and just think, a couple uh, of places like the the scene in which she confronts him um the first time after she's learned that that she's sleeping with two guys and not one that i felt the the dialogue was a little um little melodramatic and could have been uh could have been uh could have been uh, refined a little more that reveal not the re not the reveal but but the confrontation i i will i would not totally argue with i wouldn't argue with that so much i think that i think the movie lags a little bit um after she for me it, it lags a little bit after she goes away on location um i think the first half is incredibly tight incredibly yes. tight script writing and um maybe it maybe you're right about the, the maybe her maybe it's a, a, a maybe it could have used um a, a woman writer for some of this to do some of her dialogue because two guys wrote the script and i think they did do slightly better with his dialogue than hers so maybe you got something i am a woman and i want you to take care of me but the thing is you know, Cronenberg's also going for style here. And so their melodrama is baked into this too, to a degree. And it, and, and I'm, I, I kind of need to see it again to decide for myself where, where if I think, am I, am I just not quite yet hearing the rhythm change enough or, or is there something maybe that they could have enhanced in that section? Although I think it redeems it. So it comes back. Like it does get, it pulls, it pulls itself together. I think, and by the end, gets uh, great again. But you know, um, that being said, it, what's 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 great about it is it's just so goddamn good. I want to jump in with something where I think I may get some praise for you for noticing some things that I don't normally notice, what and then you you'll see? have then you'll have much more to say about them. <laughs> these things okay okay um there's some really interesting uh i would th think uh religious iconography in the movie where okay. his his um outfit when he's being robed by i actually wrote in my notes i meant to write when he's being robed by the nurses and when i was going over my notes this morning what i had written was when he was being robed by the nuns because but they, that makes sense they look like it looks they like look they're like all acolytes in some kind of weird religious acolytes ceremony. and he's being dressed in it's in red like a cardinal um yes and there there we are in our cardinal's yeah. robes so there's this this um the the scene in which they reunite um after after they have their their breakup because she's found that that they did this horrible thing to her and then she and beverly reunite she's lighting candles and she's lighting them around a figurine that's a fem like a feminine fertility um statuette she's lighting those those candles and then when he when when Beverly has his collapse and he ends up in the hospital, 
the hospital room that he's in is not is unlike any hospital room that exists in the real world. It's a a bed alone in a huge empty room that's like an altar. Yeah. Am I yeah. on to something or am I making? Oh, I this think up? so. No, I think that's all definitely there. Yeah. I mean, I I'm I'm curious. I'd be curious to hear from Cronenberg what what that was about too. I mean, what I pick up from it. I mean, what do you think is the what do you think he's Cronenberg is talking about? And here we can really like talk like Cronenberg talking about because it's kind of auteur theory heaven here. Like he wrote this movie, co-wrote it, but it's his idea. He has his own artwork in it. He directed this film. He cared about this and kind of was involved in every aspect of its storytelling. So what do you think in, in those terms then he was talking about with religion? Well, I think I think they as doctors think of themselves as 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 gods or as as representatives of like the the, the doctors have this godlike power. The the job that the, the the specialty that they're in, gynecology, they are specialists in fertility for for women who can't have have babies. So they are they are create helping to create life interestingly enough they do not they make it very clear that they don't work on men so they are they are taking the role of progenit you know of progenitor they are the man in the relationship they are going to be the thing the male energy that brings fertility to women um and they use and that they use that. I think it goes to their heads and um yeah. And and they they think they are gods and can get away with anything. Yes. And have the right to get away with anything. I I I, I agree with that. I would I would uh say that I think there's also that it, that that reaches further into uh, not just what these two doctors are behaving like, but how the medical profession ex exists and how yes. it's seen by the outside world right. as a secret kind of mystical cabal of people that have people's lives in their hands through science that is as might as well be magic because they don't know the common person doesn't know how that works, and so it's kind of like. Um, an expose of the kind of what I see more and more actually in the world now, it's kind of interesting that he was talking about it back in 88, but, but the, but the mystification of, of what they call scientism, which is treating science as a religion without, without even a lot of sense or scientific rigor behind the way that you feel about science. Um, I think all that's kind of in here too, which is, which is fascinating because he really does talk a lot about this in this movie and in other movies, like where science and art and kind of the, the subconscious all kind of mix and meet, you know? Um, and he doesn't seem to give one idea any more weight than the other in his, in his philosophy, you know, of his movies. And then that's kind of symbolized by the the incredibly odd and artistic gynecological scientific instruments that are art pieces that he created that they right. look like ritual art pieces. They don't work. Right. Um, They're like organ organic material. It's like yeah. that classic Cronenberg thing of tech meets organic material. It's very strange, very, but very disturbing. 
This is unknown territory we're moving into. One of the cool things about it is that I feel like, you know, most directors, particularly with with Cronenberg's background and pedigree in more straight horror stuff, um, would get to this movie and just be too tempted to make it, um, to push into the horror of it. But the fact that he he had the confidence to to he's not even really coming down on, on, you know, on whether what these two guys are, whether they're bad or good or morally right or wrong. He's really, really more interested in depicting their situation, you know, in the, in the, you know, this odd scenario that they're in, because he sees it, I think kind of as a tragedy in the way that the fly is a tragedy. He makes tragedies a lot. Yeah. And the tragedy is really that, you know, it's this examination of, in a very real way, of of two people, two human beings that are just one person. They're literally one person that is separated into two different physical entities, but that they can't exist without each other. They have to have this symbiotic thing to exist. And by taking that seriously and not, and having compassion for these guys as messed up in the head as they are, you understand why. And you also don't want to treat them like they're a horror movie. He has a, he has an interesting way of making you feel for people that are going mad sometimes through no fault of their own, you know? Yeah. No, it's, it, it is very interesting how he doesn't turn him into a bad guy. And, and we are, we want to be with him right in, in that journey and really he than... doesn't turn either of them into one in fact who you you know you think that elliot is going to kind of come to the forefront what well, different times i think you think one of them is going to be an evil evil version like right for a while you think beverly's going to be the evil one and then you're like oh no it's definitely elliot who's going to be evil but what actually happens is they both get less threatening as it goes because you understand their motivations so well and that that's good screenwriting it's also of course jeremy irons again just right but in the know. hands of a lesser director writer auteur it, this it movie would, would be told from the point of view of jean viet bougeau probably so yes exactly so yeah that, so that it and then it becomes a horror a horror movie right even, right. even not not a monster movie but a, a psychological horror movie like right um uh but but we stay in his point of view or their point of view through yes. the whole movie, um, which makes it horrifying and heartbreaking rather than just yeah, all at once. Horror. The thing um, I, I felt like that ha I saw so much, um, you know, th there's always been a little bit of Stanley Kubrick in Cronenberg's movies. I think it's clear he's a, a fan to devotee of Stanley Kubrick. But this one to me is like, some of this, I feel like Cooper could have directed it. It's, it's so um, in that kind of canon of, of social satire mm -hmm. at its, at its most kind of cutting. Um, because there, there are scenes in here, like there's, there are scenes that with almost any other director other than him or Kubrick, you know, that I can think of would just be unwatchable. But like, there's a there's a gynecology scene. There's a scene where this poor oh. woman is going in for an exam, and she's brilliant in the scene, and it's both horrifying and really funny because it's 
it has this social satire in place as well, um, which is fairly Kubrick to me, like that that's, really that's uncomfortable, but deeply funny and disturbing at the at the same time. It's an incredible scene when they're all three dancing together. Very the blue very lighting, odd. and I think Kubrick took from this movie. I think the blue, hmm. the blue cast to the nighttime photography in this is exactly what he used in Eyes Wide Shut for the blue oh, sections of that movie. And the red robes, I think, are a direct steal. I I really do. I really think he he probably liked this movie. Interesting. Um, Interesting. Um any other performances that jump out at you? Well, it's interesting. There's hardly anybody else in it. This is There you go. You Grocery did it. That was boy. That was me. That was my role. Oh, that was your role? Uh that Oh, that's not what I had you down for. Well, that's I think that's clearly the only part I'm getting in this movie. Um I had you down as the the artist uh, who. Oh, okay, okay. I appreciate that. I, I thank you. I like. I'll take that. Look, if you're offering me that part, I will definitely. I'm offering you that part, and I I'm a toss up between Bert, the apartment manager. That's who I had you as. You it is okay. Yeah. But then just now when we watched that clip, I thought maybe I'd be the guy who was coughing every time she said uterus and then I had to get up and leave the table. Yeah, it's her agent, her like manager yeah, agent. Yeah. Yes, that's, that, a, that's that a good one too. Me. That could have been me. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I had you as the artist, not the not the grocery delivery boy. You're you're too good an actor to be the grocery delivery boy. I don't think so. But those, not, I think not, those not... four roles, we'd be battling it out for some of those four roles. Not if you go by my actual credits. Um, okay, so um who would you recast in this? Because I think I have the perfect people. I have two I have two different sets. I have a serious like redo, and then okay. I have one that I would like to see different <laughs> style. Okay. Do you want me to go first? Sure, yeah, please. So well, Doc. What's the prognosis? <laughs> I'm going to say uh, I think Tom Hiddleston and Marion Cotillard would be uh, a fine couple to try to take on this movie. Excellent. Yeah, absolutely. Hiddleston. Yeah. And I think that I would really, really like to see Will Forte and Melanie Linsky do it, though. <laughs> because the, the opportunity to see Will Forte play to psychotic gynecology <laughs> brothers would be too much to pass up let's face it oh my god, <laughs> oh my god. yeah um How about i you? i have one that kind of goes right down the middle where i can't like it could be a comedy or maybe the way that these two people would break out and do something serious for the first time i had bill Hader and Kristen wig <laughs> okay. I'm with it. Uh, I'm with it. That would be. Oh, and our producers think Hank Azaria should be playing the bros. I, uh, I, you know, that's he's Hank Azaria can almost do anything. Yeah, he's so good. 
He's trained up the butt too, for goodness sake. He's trained everywhere. He knows his acting. He's trained everywhere. Um, yeah. It would be interesting to see him do it because it would have like a it would have like a little bit of a sitcom half hour sitcom vibe to this. I this would be if this would be an interesting thing to adapt as a as a half hour comedy. <laughs> oh my god, Three's Company. Yeah, come and knock on our door. <laughs> do you have a, Do you have any favorite lines? Or shots? Um, uh, yeah, I do have some favorite shots. Um, just from a technical point of view, there's a shot in the hospital where Irons crosses from left to right, talking to somebody else, where he's he's in one character, and he crosses from le left to right, and then uh, he crosses as Elliot, and then... Um, and then... Uh, Beverly walks into the shot on the on the side on the first side and it's like you're 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 used to seeing these movies with the Olsen twins or you know old-timey technology where oh brother A is on the left and brother B is on the right and never the twain shall cross in the same shot and in that shot one of them walks all the way from screen left to screen right and then the other one walks in and you're like, mm -hmm. okay, technically that's pretty spectacular. They, they do that a few times in the movie, actually. Yeah. Um, that's the most uh, uh, obvious, like kind of jaw dropping one, but they do it a bunch. Uh, yeah. It's incredible. I mean, they just, you know, and the, the amazing thing is Matthew, this, this movie, you know, this isn't, that's not today's technology. This was made in 88. But it was 19... the first time they used computer mats, I think though. Right they used a split screen technology and a motion controlled camera. So they were basically shooting two different prints, two different versions of the scene with the exact camera move. But they uh, also had the ability to have a floating seam to move the seam between those two plates as they wanted to, I think in real time. Gotcha. So they could do things like that um, again and again and have exactly the same camera move. The first uses of computer-controlled moving mat photography. Um, yeah, but it's different. See, it's like computer-controlled. People will think that there was CGI involved. That wasn't right. happening in '88. Yeah. It it was literally just a camera whose motion was controlled by a computer, shooting it exactly the same way, and then uh, wow. so that it could move, it could pan. And there would always be a place where they could find a seam and put him in the other shot and marry them he had to work with a really good actor you know because um i guess someone that irons trusted to play his scenes with because he did them with another actor right i um, would have been making fun of him i would have been making faces and yeah well that's because you would have been yeah, the, the half hour version you would have been in the half hour yeah, tv the version hater version the uh the split screen technology so much better than the the technology that we're using where it's like so obvious. It, I think it looks like we're in the same room, but whatever. <laughs> then and there was another shot that I loved where uh, there was a Dutch angle at one point where usually when there's a uh, there's a Dutch angle, everybody's tilt like the whole thing gets tilted. But they had this great Dutch angle shot where you don't kind of realize that it's a Dutch angle shot at first because he's straight in it. So if if you undutched the angle, he'd be leaning to the side. 
but the camera right. is tilted in such a way that he's completely straight up and down and you realize the background is skewed around him um very Ipcrest file yeah it was really terrific um you got any lines that you like um I had some lines that I didn't like, um, which we talked about the Jean Viev Bougeot, you know, you know, but Beverly, don't you understand? I have to meet him. You know, this is just stuff that seemed a little too on the nose for me a couple of times. You have favorite lines? Yeah. I, I, I certainly don't, I don't lead with my least favorites when I'm asked what my favorites are, but I, well, you I know, didn't have favorites. You so don't like them? I want to hear them. You don't like the line, why don't they give awards for the best spleen? How about, uh, hello, I'm one of the Mantle Twins. I mean, that's one of the great lines. That's an incredible line of dialogue. I mean, I think at its best, this is like Harold Pinter writing Hellraiser. So it's got some problems, it missteps, but at its best, that's what it's like to me. Um, I want yeah. Harold Pinter to rewrite Hellraiser. Um, not just Ghostwrite at this time. No. <laughs> um, what about um? Did you have favorite shots? I do. I have. Um, I mean, uh, yeah. I, uh, outside of the technical ones that you mentioned, which are just incredible to this day and hold up perfectly, really, like perfectly as them they're inhabiting the same space um there's one subtle version of it where bev is she's left and bev is depressed and he's come back to his brother's apartment and he's collapsed on the couch in a depression and elliot is in the background dancing with his mm -hmm. girlfriend and it's it's the perfect example of the kind of what makes the movie so brilliant to me is that the design of it it's shot just exactly the way they would shoot it without any, if there were two people in it, there's right. nothing showy about it. Cronenberg doesn't fall for, you know, let me blow your mind with how do they do it? It's just literally looks like a very well-constructed, but not showy uh, blocking of actors. Oh, he does and, that throughout the movie. I don't feel like he ever does anything. To, well, he to doesn't, he's not a, he's not like a, into visual flourish as much it's just really well edited simple you know smart work but the, that's the brilliance of it in this case is that it really helps to hide this crazy special effect that's going throughout the entire movie that i mean i just can't think of another movie that relies on a stunt like this consistently in almost every single scene um that you just don't even after five minutes, I wasn't even thinking about it. I was just in awe of it. So, um, hello, I'm one of the Mantle Twins. I just think it's it's brilliant. I think we need that clip now to be played on our on our soundboard. During yeah, that would be good. I like the the scene in the makeup trailer too. There's there's a really cool way that they both face both of their faces are, are are you only see part of them and his is it they they deal with him by covering half of his face in shadow and then you only see her as a, in a silhouette she looks normal and at one point she turns and you see on the other side of her face all the makeup that they apply yeah. all this bruising i have that in my notes that she's got these hidden so everybody's got two faces everybody's got these double sides to them um and that 
is reflected throughout a lot of the design of the movie and 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 in a in a not overt you know pleased with itself way it's just straight ahead right clean she's beautiful and she's got these wounds that we don't see until later yeah yeah i'd forgotten the setup with the two of them as little kids in the beginning that i loved and i was amazed at, that i could have forgotten it because it sets up the ending exactly you're right like you see their entire world they're 12 years old and they they're yeah. like kind of sexually harassing another 12 year old girl which yeah. is really weird but she's got a she's clearly got the upper hand on this in this scenario yeah and then they go home and they're they're operate they're they're pretending to operate on a little like operation doll like yeah. a model that has I its chest cat yeah it's chest cavity removed which yep. i don't want to give anything away but that's a theme there you go fuck off you freaks so great yeah so you know i think uh people talk a lot about like elevated horror and i don't even know what they mean when they say it most of the time most of the time it just means like kind of boring horror movies to me but i mean this is uh this is somebody who's who's not faking it when he's elevating the form into something that's this you know this smart a character study yeah what would you uh what would your double feature be for this um definitely going with um uh the thing with two heads starring raymond land and rosie greer <laughs> okay you win you win <laughs> you win the episode <laughs> You definitely win the episode. <laughs> what was yours? Mine were, mine were too obvious. Dead Ringer. Oh. Or Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Okay. That would be a good one. I, that's yeah, good, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yours, yours is genius. So no, I mean, you, you know, no, you Rosie Greer. You, you definitely <laughs> win the episode. We keep score. Who wins the episode? Usually Tony wins the episode. No. There you no, go. No, not at all. Um... um well, I think uh, I think we've kind of done. Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, rare. I'll just say like a, the the scenes that I think I did love the scenes with the three of them together, like at lunch, you know. Oh yeah, I thought it was great when she the throws lunch. the drink in his face. Yes, and the gala dinner is great when Bev shows up drunk. <laughs> it's great. Yes, it does have the toughest line in the whole movie, though to listen to what he Which, says uh, to the crowd yeah you can't even say it you, i can't even say it on the air no um but well, it's not you know no one's condoning is what in the movie they all no. everybody is like oh and you're supposed it's not yeah. supposed to i be, love you know? how i love how elliot shows up later and says like i was able to smooth but there, there were yeah. a few ruffled feathers but yeah. there is no coming back from what he did at that dinner no <laughs> There's Not really. no coming He's back. Beverly and I'm Elliot. Yes. And I noticed that our, our lovely sensitive producers did not did not give us the, the, the next line in that scene. No, no, they later they, they did not do that. Yeah. Which was smart of them. Good because we'd all be kids. Not do. Yeah. But um, I D hey yo, man. <laughs> oh yeah. And they also wanted to to remind us that David Cronenberg did play a gynecologist in The Fly, so that was that could have been the, the genesis of this for right. all we know. You know, needs to be said, it all sounds so crazy. How does somebody crazy come up with a crazy idea like this and Cronenberg must be crazy? This is a true story. 
This is not a fake story. So this is something we probably should have led with. But Dead Ringers is literally a true story down to the facts that twin gynecologists lived together and had a suicide murder pact. Yeah, died in their apartment. Uh, it's a true story, a folks. But do we so, know that they did the 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 sleeping with each other's? No, or, but come on, how that's easy to figure uh, how out could once they you not? get the yeah. twin how gynecologists living yeah. together. Yeah, I mean, yeah, look at that picture there. God knows what would happen if we lived together. <laughs> oh my God, it's good that we're separated by a continent. Yeah. Well, that wraps up our punching brothers, our disturbing, yeah. you know, brothers who things don't go very well for. Fuck off, you freaks. Yeah. Punching brothers. That's what our that's what our audience says to us a lot of the time. I'm so used to hearing that. And uh so next uh we start with um touching brothers. Yeah, we'll go uh, from punching brothers to touching brothers. The lineup there is Step Brothers, Rain Man, Darjeeling Express, and winding up with Coupe Deville. So next week, hopefully we'll be back live again. But who knows? Life happens. Uh, next week will be Step Brothers. Who do we have in that? Who do we have in it? Who's in it? You, you think I have this in front of me right now? I, I thought maybe you knew. Fuck off, you freaks. This week's yeah. show? I don't know. Whatever. It's No, uh, it's John C. Riley is in it. And Will and, Ferrell. Oh. And David Cronenberg plays a uh, an ophthalmologist this time. Will Ferrell. That's we have to say nice things about Will Ferrell because we're trying to get uh oh and Adam Scott. I adore Adam Scott. Now you're um, excited. I'm very excited. Now you're happy. Now we're you. in there. Now we're in your realm. Catherine now Han? we're in your happy zone. Oh, we're in my happy zone. Cult classic, shallow, silly movies. That's where I live. Cult classic. I don't. I think it was too big a hit to be a cult classic. Mary I'm going to argue that a little bit. Na Mary Steenburgenbergers. She's great. We love. But it made her. too much money to be a cult classic. I, Adam McKay. This is, this is good. You had to be like that. This this didn't make its money back. This movie. So that's yeah. a cult classic. Seth Rogen. I'm going to love this movie. Richard Jenkins. Oh my God. Now I'm now you've now you've got me. Rob, Rob Riggle, Riggle? I don't know. Ken Jong. Oh my God. This is going to be the well, best. Well, look, if you go to movies because you like actors, you're going to have a good time. Yeah. All right. That'll be fun. All righty. Um, so please join us next week for Step Brothers and also watch Paper Girls. It's right. like bite you or something. It says it, Amazon. Yeah. It's so easy; you could just get it right now. Right. right most now. most people have this service. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Roll those credits. Talking about cocktails that are stylish, movies great or phony, and how Tony should win and Matthew, then Matthew should win the Tony. But in the meantime, talking about film. You've been listening to the Arkin Brothers talk about movies. That's my brother, Matthew Arkin. And that's my brother, Anthony Arkin. And we are interesting, irreverent, and irrelevant. But you can follow us on Instagram anyway. You can also subscribe to our newsletter and check out our merch. And you can do it all on our website. Just follow the link on your podcast app. Or if you really want to stalk us, head over to arkinbros.com. You'll learn more about us than anyone would ever want to know. 